So the Lord's been speaking to me. Um, you know, prepare yourself for the new season, right? We tend to kind of fall behind and follow what everybody else is doing or what the world or the media is saying, right? And we tend to just kind of follow. But I believe the Lord set us up in this time of reset and reprioritizing that we may tune into His voice so that in this new coming season of life, because a lot of things are going to change, right? A lot of things change security-wise after 9-11. So a lot of things are going health-wise and, and sanitize-wise and, you know, all, all this stuff, you know, af- after this time. So how do we prepare ourselves for the harvest of souls? How do we prepare ourselves for wealth transfer? How do we prepare ourselves to prosper? Because that is always the will of God for His children, is to always prosper. You know, in Third John it says, Beloved, I wish that you may prosper just as your soul prospers, right? So that means that we need to continue renewing our mind and we need to continue being transformed by the Uh, renewing of our mind that we might understand what the perfect will of God is. So I'm asking God, what is your perfect will for this time, for this season in my life, in the body of Christ, right? How are we supposed to prosper when the world isn't? We know that there is a way and we know that it is his will, but how do we get in that place? So we need to be in his word and we need to be listening to what he's saying, which is the reason why we put together this conference, because there's so many voices speaking and yelling bad news and, and news in general, right? And we need to tune into what he's saying. So we put this conference, 12 speakers, right, 12 messages, and Friday, Saturday, amazing word of hope. We call that awakening hope and faith, because you need to wake up to hope and faith. You need to wake up to hope and faith. And one of the things that Pastor Lawson Purdue said that I love, he said, you know, our words are framing the world we live in, right? But where do those words come from? Those words come from the picture that is inside our heart. So the picture inside of us determines the words that we use to frame what we eventually live out. So you can't just, you know, wake up one day and just go because you're just going to follow everything going on. You will have no power. You will have no control over what your life is if you live your life this way. Instead, you have to wake up before everybody else wakes up, listen to the voice of God, see what he says in the word, right? And get his picture inside of you because then that picture is going to lead to to the right words that are going to frame the world that you live in going forward. Right? So it's a time to reset and recalibrate, but the time is coming to an end because now we're we going to get ready to start, right? to get back to work, to get back to businesses, to get back to church, to get back to how do we right, continue bringing heaven to earth, right? Because as long as we're here, that's our mandate, right? To, to reach the lost, to bring heaven on earth, right? to preach the gospel and the good news. So how is my life, you know, that I just, maybe, maybe a lot of people, listen, maybe a lot of people just realized how mundane their life was, right? Well, I, even, even if you went to church and you just realized, wow, my life was so vain. There's no depth to it. There was nothing eternal about it except a few moments that I had here and there. And now that you've realized that, you, you have a chance, an opportunity to change things. And start living for the eternal things, for the things that will matter long after you're gone from this earth, right? How do you live for eternity? Well, you need to ask God, and He'll point you out. You know, He tells us in the Word how we can live for the eternal things. Like my wife is saying, like, our life here is a vapor. Compared to eternity, it's nothing, right? So how do we make 
the Kronos time into Kairos time, right? You should look up that teaching in, a, in our, our YouTube page or our podcast. You know, it's an, it's an amazing teaching that will teach you how to redeem, you know, time that is just going by and going by and turn it into Kairos moments because Kairos moments are eternally and they're eternal and they're ordained by God. So this morning I want to read you some scripture and, and, I, and I want to kind of help your heart get prepared and postured towards what is coming and what, your, what life is going to be like. How can I live life intentionally for eternity from now on, right? So how can I touch lives every day? How can I, you know, be a light, a real salt in, on the earth and the light into the world? How can I really be that? Maybe before you weren't. Maybe you haven't made much of a salty difference in the world on this earth, right? But now, you recalibrate, you reset, you reprioritize, and you live your life different. Because let me tell you, the worst thing that can happen right now It'd be that you go back to living your life the same way that you were before. Even if it was really good. Because out of something like this, prosperity, increase, and growth, and maturity should come out. So, uh, I want to read first um, chapter uh, 3 of Proverbs. Chapter 3 of Proverbs is an amazing chapter. And uh, and we're going to start with verse 5. It just says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This, check this out, alright? This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You know that the Word of God and spending time with God brings health to your body, and nourishment to your bones, right? I've been saying from day one, what we need to work on is the inside, the immune system. Just like one of the basic core values of our church is heart transformation and not behavior modification, right? Relationship with Jesus and not religion and rules, right? Being led by God and not asking for a king, like Pastor Kara was just sharing a moment ago, right? The same thing, right, is build your immune system. Don't trust just in social distancing and washing your hands. (laughs) Do you see that? Build your immune system. How do you strengthen your immune system, right? Well, one of the ways you strengthen your immune system right here is telling us, right, is trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Because you know what happens when you trust in the Lord? When you trust in the Lord, you find peace. You find that he really cares. You find that he really is there for you. You find that you can abandon yourself in him. Benjamin, I'm going to ask you to help me. Can you come up here? See, my son loves to do trust falls, okay? He loves to do trust falls. And so today, I want to show you what... Never mind, that was not part of the teaching. Today, I want to show you what it looks like. I don't even know if that was on camera. No, that was not on camera, so we're good. All right, so you don't know what's going on. So I want to show you what it looks like you know, to trust in the Lord, to abandon yourself completely in the Lord. Okay, you're going to fall backwards, not forwards, okay? We do have to establish that, all right? So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. (laughs) Lean not on your own understanding, right? Acknowledge Him in all your ways. That means, God, what are we going to do about this? God, you know, uh, the world is saying all this stuff, but, you know, what should we do? God, the world is, you know, 
yelling and screaming, all these things, but what do you say, right? Because every time you ask him, you're acknowledging him in all your ways. And when you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will make your path straight. It means you're not going to view to the right and you're not going to view to the left. You're going to be in his way. And we just said, like Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what the perfect will of God is. You want to know what the perfect will of God is? Start with trusting him. So you ready? All right. Trustful. All the way, my boy. (laughs) Again, one more time, one more time. I got you, see? Does it, become, does it become easier as you do it more times than the first time? Was the first time a little harder? Yeah. Okay, how about now? How about this time? Full trust. All right. Now, one more, one more, one more. I think everybody wants to see. Come on, I got you. Come on, give Benjamin a hand, you know? And let's not break any more things over here, so. <laughs> so. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean in your own understanding, right? Sometimes our own understanding, it's like, it's confused. So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. What is he saying to us? What is he saying uh, to our spirit, right? What is his word saying? Because, see, the amazing thing is he doesn't change. Now, I love, I love our government. I love, I love what, they, what they've done, you know, and, and, and I believe in a time of uncertainty, they've taken measures that are necessary to be, to be very careful, right? Because there was things that were unknown, right? But, see, there, there's some funny videos and, and stuff like that going on around, right? That, that like, like, well, do this. No, now don't do that, okay? Do this. But don't do that, right? And then if you do this, but then like a lot of contradiction, a lot of change, right? And that's okay, right? Obviously, it's the unknown and, and leadership, you know, has to be able to, to change according to the information they get. But the amazing thing about God is he doesn't ever change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So if we want true peace, real peace, based on a foundation that has never, ever changed, then you need to be in the Word. Because in the Word it says, Trust the Lord your God with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. Right? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Right? And to not be wise in your own eyes, you know what you need to do? You need to give up pride. Right? Hey, I, was, I thought I was right, found out I was wrong two minutes later, right? And that might be happening a lot, but it's okay. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Just acknowledge the Lord and, and be flexible, right? Because, see, the battle is not to be right. The battle is not to be right. <sighs> the battle is not to be right. The battle is to trust in the Lord, right, and not lean on our own understanding, to not be swayed by what media and the news and the enemy is trying to throw our way, which is full of fear, full of confusion, okay? So that's, um, that's the first thing I want to talk about is trusting the Lord because when you trust the Lord, when you abandon yourself in the Lord, like Benjamin just did, you abandon yourself in the Lord, okay? He will direct your path. And we need that more than ever now, that he will direct our path. Because listen, when everything that you knew normal is taken away, right? When they... Pull the rug from under you, right? You know, I, I, I've seen posts from friends you know, all over the world, you know, and, and some, some of them are, are not believers, and, and some of them are saying things like, I am terrified. And when I think about it, I'm like, 
they have all the money in the world. Like, like a lot. Like for them, their children, their grandchildren. And they're saying, I am terrified. Because I don't know if life as I knew it will ever be the same. Right? And it, it made me see how fragile some foundations are. People's foundations are. You know, even when you think that your foundation is super strong because you have every material thing you could possibly have and you couldn't finish it, you couldn't, you couldn't spend it your whole life, and then something like this comes on and you realize you're terrified. You realize how fragile, how fragile your foundation is. Because see, the only way to test a foundation is putting weight on it. So how much weight has been put on, on our foundations right now? And are they cracking? <laughs> My foundation is the Lord, and it will never crack. That's why it doesn't matter what I have or don't have materially, you know. My foundation is the Lord, and that foundation never changes, right? Whoever builds his house on the rock versus the one that builds his house on the sand. Anything from this earth that you build upon is building on the sand. But anything that you build on in the kingdom of God, when you build on him, right? When you build on his word, when you build on his kingdom, that's the foundation, that's the rock. Jesus, he never changes, he never moves. But the thing about building on a rock is you have to conform to the rock. And the thing about building on the sand is you make the sand conform to you. So which one have you been living under your whole life? Have you... You know, even taking religion and built on religion as if it was sand and kind of making it in your own image, right? Let, let religion fit me, right? Or do you have a relationship with Jesus, the rock, where you are the one that has had to conform to him and to his ways? And there's a big difference that way, right? Oh, church isn't that comfortable anymore right now because it's not at a time that I like to, that I like to go to church, well, maybe you're building on the sand. You're trying to just make it your way, right? Instead of building on the rock. It says, hey, this is requiring me to change. This is requiring me to do some things. Not religion, but God, a relationship with Him, you know, leading you, truly allowing Him to be the King of your life, truly allowing the Holy Spirit to point out the things that, hey, they need to change in your life, right? That's, that's building on the rock. You conform to the rock. You build on the rock. And you have to make adjustments, Right? People like to just bring their life. This is my life. Where can I put it? Because I do need something spiritual. Or right here. Boom. Right? On the sand. Let's make sure everything conforms to me. And you end up making God in your own image instead of you being transformed more in the image and likeness of God as you were already created to be from the foundation of the earth. I'm telling you, this is super good. I hope you're throwing up a bunch of likes and hearts there on Facebook because... You know, I would, I would be, okay? Well, let, let's get to, to this because um, I, I want to I finish uh, with uh, Mark 11, 25 and 26. Um, it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Okay, so these are very important two things. We're talking about trust, okay? And now we're talking about another aspect that is very important to keep our, ha our hearts healthy and our hearts strong, okay? So trust in the Lord, make Him your foundation. But here's something really important, because there is power for us available, okay? When you trust God and He starts telling you what to do, you will find 
favor. You will find power in your life, okay? But there's something really important that sometimes people forget about, okay? And, and right here in Mark 11, uh, 23, actually tells you if you speak to the mountain, the mountain will move, right? And then it talks to us about prayer. And when we pray, it says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. Let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. Now listen to me. Why am I talking about this? These are two very important heart issues. These are two very important issues of the heart. And out of the heart flow all the issues of life. Okay? So first, we trust in Him because He's our foundation. Children, we trust in because he's our firm foundation, right? He's the rock upon which, which we build and, and we mold to him, okay? And we trust him because there's a new season coming and you need to learn how to trust God like you had never have before, right? Acknowledge him in really all your ways, not just the ways where you think you need help. See, it says all your ways. And now we need to keep a healthy heart. <laughs> See, it, again, the heart. We need to keep a very healthy heart. And how do we do that? Forgiving. Forgiving. You know, it says in Proverbs that it is the glory of one, Proverbs 19, 11, the glory of one to overcome an offense. It's the glory of one. It's, it's the glory of Benjamin. It's your glory when you overcome, when you overlook, I'm sorry, when you overlook an offense. Okay? These two things, if you grab a hold of these two things today, it will do wonders for you because it will help keep your heart healthy, okay? And listen to me, because we're going somewhere with this ending, okay? Keep your heart healthy, okay? Overlooking offenses. Have you ever used uh, a little thing called Rain-X or um, what's it called, the one for clothes? There's, there's one that you spray in your clothes. No, no, no. And it makes them like waterproof, Scotch guard? Yeah, yeah, I think Scotch guard, right? Or, or so, like, I remember I, I had this jacket, right? And I bought this jacket, like, it was probably 15 years ago. And I wanted this jacket to last me my whole life. And I remember I sprayed it, heavily sprayed it with this stuff because I didn't want anything to get on it, right? And then it made it waterproof. So, you know, it, it just pretty much, if, if, if water hit it, like, it just rolls, the drops just roll right off, right? It falls completely off of you, right? It doesn't, it doesn't absorb, right? So, so it, it, it like coats it with something, you know, instead of you having to put on a raincoat that is not good looking, you know, but it does what a raincoat does, right? Instead of absorbing the water, it repels it and it keeps it out, okay? So Proverbs 19.11 is telling us it is to our glory to overlook an offense. And I want you to give this idea of not absorbing offense, but instead letting it roll off of you. Because instead of having, okay, forgiveness is, is powerful. You need to forgive every offense anyone has ever done against you. 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about, you know, says true love, love keeps no record of wrong, right? So big or small offenses whether they're direct offenses or, as I, would talk, I was, as I was sharing in the conference, intellectual offenses, you need to forgive them, okay? But the next step, higher standard, is overlooking offenses. Listen, if you never get offended, you don't have to even forgive. 
because you never got offended. Okay, listen. Forgiving is like ha- having to dry off. Okay, you got super wet, and now you have to dry off. Somebody shook up a, a can of soda, opened it up in front of you, and made a mess, and you just absorbed it all. That is offense. That is offense, whether it was directed to you or indirected, indirectly uh, harm, harmful to you. You know, that is offense. And you absorb it, and you're all sticky, and you're all stained. And now, you know, you have to go dry it off. You have to go clean it up, right? And that is forgiveness, right? And sometimes forgiveness takes healing, which could look like having to go to the dry cleaners and really getting that stain out, Okay. I mean, we, we could go real deep that way, but my focus is on Scotchgard today because Scotchgard is keeping the offense away. Don't even absorb the offense. Kids, listen to me. It's better than having to forgive. Don't even absorb the offense. Don't absorb it. You know, sometimes you're looking online and you see all things, you know, comments, people, stuff, and you're getting offended just by watching stuff. That's intellectually intellectual offense. You're absorbing stuff that wasn't even meant for you. And you know how bad that is for you? We need to position our hearts in a place where we become unoffendable, offense-proof. I want to be unoffendable. I want to be offense-proof because it is to my glory. The Bible tells me it's to my glory to not even absorb the offense. Can you get there? Because listen to me. The opportunities to get offended are on the rise. (laughs) You've been home. You've been out of work. You've been spending more time with your wife, your husband, your your children, your your family, your friends. There's been more opportunities to be offended, right? You're on on the internet more than ever before. There's more opportunities to be offended. Oh, that is so offensive. Oh, I take that personal. Oh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe she said that. How, what is he thinking? What? Let me tell you, opportunities, newsflash, opportunities to be offended are on the rise. What are you going to do with them? You need to scotch guard yourself with God's glory and know that it is better and it is to your glory to overlook the offense. Do not absorb the offense, whether it's intellectual offense, whether it's indirect offense, or whether it's directly sent towards you with the, with the uh, intention of harming and offending you, okay? Don't absorb the offense. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart healthy. Keep your heart ready to hear God's voice. And, um, you know, we're going to open up the church real soon. And let me tell you something. Some of you are not going to agree with it. Some people are going to say, I was too soon. You know, some people are going to say, well, it should have opened earlier. Some people are going to say, it should have never closed. Some people are going to say this. Some people are going to say that. Let me tell you something. Family, which is one of our foundational core values at Word of Life. Family okay, can disagree on many levels and on many things, but they continue to be family no matter what. They continue to be family no matter what. So I want to encourage you to keep your heart healthy, to not take on offense, and that when you disagree with something, that as, as um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, that you are, you are powerful. You're not, you don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That you choose for yourself, 
you're not going to get offended, right? And you're going to stay connected. Because it could so easily turn from connection to the goal now being disconnected. I thought we agreed on all this, but now I see that we disagree on all this. And because we disagree on all this, we can no longer be family. Let me tell you, then that was never real family. Because real family is not broken up by disagreement. In disagreements, do not take offense. If you disagree with the government, do not be offended with the government. If you disagree with the president, do not be offended with the president. If you disagree with your leaders, with your boss, with your company, it's okay to disagree, but do not take on the offense. Do not take on the offense because the minute you take on the offense, you allow division to come in and the enemy is taking and winning ground in your life and those around you. See, we need to stay with an attitude of honor and love right? And you are powerful to choose for yourself what you and your household will do. When you will join church, when you will come back, when, like, you choose that, right? And thank God we've worked on this culture of honor for so long that you will not be offended, you will not be judged, you will not be criticized. No matter if you're a first-time visitor or a leader or a teacher or, or or, or, or a volunteer of any kind in this church, because we don't judge, right? How easy it'd be to say, oh, well, I thought they were full of faith and they haven't come back to church for three weeks and we just, we, you know? Like how easy is it gonna be to that? I'm telling you, the reasons to get offended are on the rise, but you choose what you're going to do. Are you going to absorb them or are you gonna let them fall off and roll off of you and be like, no, it's to my glory. Like, th- listen to me. When we come back to church, what you gonna, are you gonna hug people? You, you know what? It's time to be assertive. You know what assertive is? To say what you really feel in love, right? You're not going to go to church and get hugged by people and then be like, huh, how come they, why did they hug me? I was not ready to hug. Just say, oh, I'm not hugging. Are you, are you shaking hands? No, I'm not shaking hands yet. Are you okay with that? See, I'm telling you, this is an exercise to grow in communication and assertiveness and family and not being offended. Well, you know, he said no to me. He says no to shaking my hand every week. And listen, people are in different places. This is a real test because when we get back to church, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to be offended because they, you know, oh, they fit that person, but they didn't hug me? They, they gave that person a handshake, but not, not me? Well, how come they always used to hug me? I'm, I'm hugging. Why don't they hug? Are they scared? Are they afraid? Don't judge, Right? You're powerful to choose for yourself and be where you want to be. And don't let disagreements turn into offenses. See, it's okay to disagree. And let me tell you something. True loyalty, true loyalty is not tested until you disagree on something. Because if you think you've been loyal to anything or anyone and you've never disagreed on something, let me tell you, loyalty has not been tested yet. True loyalty will only be tested when you disagree and you choose to still love, still honor, and still not be offended.